The Chabad Pulse podcast discusses serious issues and interviews guests in a free-form, open manner, occasionally touching on adult topics that may be unsuitable for children's ears. You are listening to the Chabad Pulse podcast. On this week's episode, we have Mrs. Hadassah Shemdov of the Batsheva Learning Center. We discuss her organization's goal of advancing serious Torah learning for women in our community and why this mission is so important. I also discuss the reaction to our debut episode and talk about a new way listeners can get involved. Let's get the show on the road. Hi there. This is episode two of the Chabad Pulse podcast, and we are so very glad that you've again decided to join us. It's a really scary thing to uh, to put something of yourself out there, to put something that you've been passionate about and talked about for so long, to finally just go ahead and do it and put it out. And that's what this is. The first episode of the show came out a couple weeks ago, and the reaction was so much more than I could have ever hoped for. Um, there were messages and tweets and phone calls and, and, and WhatsApp messages and emails to the Chabad Pulse email address to the Facebook account. So many people were, were, were so excited about the project. So many people, so many people were, were, were happy with it. So many people were intrigued by it. So many people had so many opinions on it. And all of it was just overwhelming. And I am so grateful. I am, I'm so thankful um, for all the kind words. I'm so thankful for all the feedback, and and more than anything, I'm so grateful that so many of you decided to use your precious time and give us a shot, to give this new project, to give this new concept a shot. It's it's really humbling. It's really uh, it's really something that that I couldn't I couldn't have ever dreamed of, um, and that it's real is 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 incredible. So really, thank you so much. Thank you, and I, I hope that we can uh, hope that we can keep your attention. Hope that we can keep your listenership. I hope that we can keep. I hope we can keep this a rewarding experience for you, the listener, because after all, that's what this is all about. And, and I hope that more than anything, you found it valuable. I hope that you're, you t- went away from it. Um, and as our, as, our, as our mission statement says, started a conversation with somebody else, with, you know, even just thought about it a little more yourself. And if that happened, I consider that mission accomplished. Your feedback obviously was also very, very helpful. There was some really valuable feedback about things like audio quality, things about interview length, about interview structure, how, how things should work. All of it was really valuable. Um, I really appreciated it, and I, 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 I and I keep and if you have any more feedback, I'll, I'll appreciate that too. It's it's really important for me. It's really important for the podcast to be able to react to the way the listeners think and feel. So please keep the feedback coming if you have any thoughts on anything. If you have some th- thoughts on content, thoughts on style, thoughts on thoughts on the production value, we are working to make this better constantly, and the only way to do that is through your feedback. So please, please keep that coming. Um, please stay tuned after the interview. Um, we have an announcement about uh, how you, the listener, can get even more involved in what I think is a pretty exciting way. Um, this interview is going to be a little shorter um, because we're experimenting with different lengths of interviews because of some of the feedback we've gotten. 
Um, and again, I want to thank our first guest, Rabbi Moshe Lieblach. I, the feedback was incredible. People, people were really, uh, really excited to hear what he had to say. And I believe our next guest is just as exciting. I believe what she has to say is uh, just as interesting. And without further ado, this week's interview featuring Mrs. Adasa Shemtov of the Butsheva Learning Center. It is an honor to welcome to the Chabad Paul Studios, Mrs. Adasa Shemtov, the Executive Director of the Butsheva Learning Center. Welcome to the show. Thank you. For the listeners, if you don't mind, just a quick explanation of what the Batsheva Learning Center is. Um, so Batsheva Learning Center is an organization that was started three and a half years ago. Um, our goal is to provide more opportunities for women within the firm community to learn Torah, get, get exposure to the original text of Torah, and be able to advance their skills and their um, learning um, in whatever capacity they are capable and interested in doing so. So full disclosure, uh, my sister, Zeldi, was one of the founding members of the Bashar Learning Center, so I am predisposed to seeing this uh, program as something good and positive, but I will let the, you know, the founder and executive director talk about it more. So what is the ultimate goal of the program? So uh, when we started this program three and a half years ago, we uh, had just left my note, myself and a couple of friends of mine, um, we, my note was for a lot of us, our first exposure to really in-depth text-based learning, um, our first opportunity to really delve into um, the original sources for a lot of what we had been learning in the past, um, and uh, just, I guess, develop the skills and the tools to be able to learn on our own. Um, and when we left, we realized that there wasn't really anywhere else for us to go after that. Uh, there wasn't really any... Um, more serious or rigorous learning opportunities available to us and we felt that we wanted to create that opportunity. Um, so our goal as of now is really twofold. Number one, we want to create a community for women, all women, um, who um, are interested in, in furthering their, their Yiddishkeit um, to make a, a, center that, a community that centers around Torah learning. Um, and we, we believe that every woman um, needs Torah learning in some capacity in order to enrich their Yiddishkeit and to enliven their their relationship with Hashem and, and make that something that's more real and more alive. Um, and we want to create that community that really centers around authentic, real Torah learning. Um, and number two, for the women who feel that they are interested and, and capable of pursuing higher level Torah learning beyond what they got in their high school, seminary experience, etc., we want to give them the opportunity to, to pursue that further, um, especially women who are interested and capable of becoming the future educators and leaders of the from community. We want to really invest in them and give them the tools and the um, the skills that they need to become really knowledgeable and qualified um, leaders and educators of the next generation. Um, so yeah, we're here to really offer that to them and give them all the tools that they need to do that. So th you're saying this is something new. This hasn't been done before. Yes. So why, why do you think that is? So I feel that, you know, there, uh, when, years ago, the Rebbe spoke about this, spoke about the idea of um, women in the generation that we live in um, promoting more advanced learning for women. Um, and somehow within the Chabad community, or really the from community in general, we haven't really done that. Um, the modern Orthodox world has kind of taken that a step further. They've really um, created a lot more options available, um, obviously with a slightly different hashkafa involved. Um, but somehow, the God community, we never really uh, we never really jumped in the bad wagon. Um, and I think that's a big mistake because we're really we're creating a big disservice to the women in our community who want to um, 
learn Torah and advance their, their learning and advance their Yiddishkeit in a really rich and meaningful way um, within traditional um, within the traditional Chabad community, and we just don't have any opportunity to do that. Um, we have seminaries, we have, um, there's obviously a lot of high schools that are great and seminaries that are great, but number one, they're not necessarily giving the opportunity for, for girls and women to um, study the original texts um, of Torah in the way that the Rebbe really spoke about. Um, and number two, you know, once you're 18 years old, there's not really anywhere else for a woman to go if she wants to really continue her learning and pursue higher level learning. So you're talking a lot about the women who want to, you know, learn more. What about women who don't necessarily have a natural inclination for more Torah learning, for more in-depth Torah study? Do you believe that is something they should be they should be encouraged to do and offered to them as well? Um, Meaning to, to, to be more clear, do you believe that this is something that's important for women to have as a as a tool going forward? So is this something for them to have for their spiritual growth. Yes, 100%. Um, I think, you know, 100 years ago, when Sarah Schneer first started the Beis Yaakov movement, um, we, you know, at, at that point, if you, if you read about um, her, you know, her, her journey as she went through that process of creating this movement, um, you know, a lot of the girls who she was catering to or the women she was catering to weren't really interested in this. Um, but what she realized and what the vast majority of Rabbanim and lead, Jewish leaders at that time realized was that these, uh, you know, we're, we're losing a, lot, a, a large majority of our uh, girls to other, um, you know, beliefs and other, um, other belief systems uh, because we're not providing them with the same sophistication that they're getting elsewhere within, within Yiddishkeit. Um, and I think very often, even when people don't think they want something, um, until you create the opportunity and until you make, create a certain expectation and a certain norm within a certain group of people, then they don't necessarily realize that this is something that can enrich their, their, their Yiddishkeit um, and can enrich their relationship to Judaism in general um, in a large way. I mean, I've seen this myself firsthand many times where, you know, students came to our programs um, and at first they, you know, they told me, like, I'm not really interested in learning this kind of thing. I'm not really interested in, in studying, you know, this is not really my thing. I'd rather just, you know, have a more casual shear or just go to a Fabrengen. That's all I really need. Um, and then after coming out of the program, they, you know, the feedback we got a lot was like, oh, wow, I never realized how empowering this could be. And I never realized how much this can enrich my life and enrich my relationship to, to Yiddishkeit in general. Um, and I think a lot of times, I think because we, we never created that opportunity, we never created that expectation, we don't really know like how powerful the impact is. Um, for example, we, we, we started this high school, Chidon, which was basically giving um, high school girls in 11th and 12th grade the opportunity to study, take an entire Safer. First, we did one year with Chassidus, one year with a Safer of Rambam. Um, and they pretty much learned the entire thing cover to cover and mastered the entire thing. Wow. Um, and we didn't even, we did not predict how powerful the impact would be on those girls who did it. Um, and these weren't necessarily girls who were asking for it, but we created the opportunity and like one girl was like, you know, I've never even imagined in my mind that this was even a possibility for me to pick up a safer off the shelf and learn it. And like, it wasn't just about me learning Rambam, it was about me realizing that like, oh, there's a whole world of Tyra learning that's available to me. And that like, that's just, you know, and this is somebody who's, who's smart and who's sophisticated and, and is you know, in other areas of her life is, is able to, you know, feels empowered to do things on her own. And for her to feel that like a safer of Smarum, you know, is available to her and that she has the ability to master that is a really, really powerful thing. 
Um, and I think until we create the opportunity, we won't even know um, what, how powerful the impact is. So what specific kind of learning um, are you talking about here? You're talking about learning Gemara inside with Rashi Taisfis, is that kind of, that, that kind of thing? Um, so really all areas um, were, we, I mean, pretty, I mean, our, what, what we make available to women is pretty much exactly what the Rebbe spoke about um, in, you know, famously in the Sikha in Parshas Amr Tavshan Nun, um, he pretty much outlined exactly what a woman's obligation in learning is, um, and that includes pretty much anything in Chassidus. Um, he talks about the fact that women are obligated in the mitzvahs of, you know, Abbas Hashem, Yeras Hashem, Amuna, and, you know, Chassidus is obviously the basis for all of that, and therefore, you know, the obligation for men and women to learn Chassidus is 100% equal, meaning that, you know, whatever we're teaching, whatever we believe, ideally we should be teaching our boys in yeshiva, should, we should be teaching the equivalent to our girls in school um, in terms of Chassidus. Um, the Rebbe then says, talks about halacha, that, you know, any halacha is hatsrich lahen, right? Anything which is relevant to women, so they should also be learning in its full depth, which is a large portion of halacha, obviously. Um, and and then actually the Rebbe writes a parenthesis there, like halavai, that all men would be would be experts in those <laughs> those halavai, areas halavai of halacha. Um, and then and then what Rebbe goes on to say further is that in the generation we live in, um, you know, it's not besides for the, our strict obligation. Those are all included in our strict obligation. So anything to do with halacha. Um, that is relevant to a woman's daily life and all years of chassidus are completely, you know, part of our obligation as women is to learn those things. And beyond that, um, the Rebbe says quite clearly that, you know, Tarsh Peh, um, learning any errors of Tarsh Peh, especially things that are, you know, um, will add to the enjoyment and the, and the um, stimulation that a woman will have in her Torah study um, is also, like, in the generation we live in, that's, like, something that should be encouraged and should be, and should be offered to women who are interested. Um, I do believe that there is a difference um, in terms of halakhic obligation for men and women in terms of what they're, they are, are meant to learn. Um, that's clear. Um, however, which is why I don't think that, you know, we necessarily have to make Gemara, you know, an obligatory subject in every school. Right. However, the Rebbe is quite clear about the fact that for women who are interested and, you know, have this, this sense of, of you know, have a basic sense of Yerushalayim and who are interested in learning Torah as a way of furthering their commitment to Yiddishkeit, then there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be able to do that in all areas of Torah, including Torah Shabal Peh. And yeah, we feel that it's our, part of our mission is to make that available to those women. So that all sounds super reasonable to me, but some people probably have objections. So what are some of the objections that you've gotten? This is, it's been three years now, right? So three years is, you know, a long time for a wide variety of objections to surface. What are some of the uh, more interesting ones that you've gotten? Um, so, okay, objections. So I guess a lot of it has to do with people, you know, anything that's new or seems to be somewhat revolutionary, people are automatically, and for good reason, <laughs> skeptical about it, and they want to ensure that this is not associated with any other movements that have come up in the past that have been challenging to Yiddishkeit or have challenged people our... People want to be sure that you're not, you're not a new Escala movement, basically. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've definitely gotten that before, like, is this some sort of new Escala movement, number one, or number two, is this some sort of liberal feminist movement, which, you know... That dirty word. People, yeah, that dirty word. So <laughs> so people want to, and, and for good reason, you know, I guess they have good reason to, to to, to feel that way. Um, and yeah, I guess some of the main objections we've had was, you know, isn't this taking away from a woman's role as in a carrot bias? Um, isn't her main role just to take care of our children? And are, are we distracting women from that role? Distracting by, as in like focus or like time? Um, I guess both. 
Um, you know, if we're encouraging them to pursue something else, we're detracting from the role of a Karis bias. Um, number two is this, uh, yeah, I guess it's some kind of new Oskala movement. This sounds very academic. Aren't we taking away from a woman's natural Yerushamayim, especially if we're exploring the original sources and we, if they understand too much about where the halachas came from, maybe they won't have as much commitment um, to the, to the halacha. And, and for um, guys, it's not a problem. Um, well, guys, we, can't, we have no choice because they have an obligation to learn. Got it. So. Okay, that's that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Uh, so, so, so I, I understand. So, from, just from 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 where I from where I sit, I, I understand why people would be uncomfortable with um, with with something new. It's new. It's scary. But are people really? Do really people come to you with like well sourced thought out objections? Like, oh, it says here this is not a problem. It says here this is not allowed. Says here, this is not allowed. Do people have that kind of objections? Um, yeah, I've definitely gotten that before. I mean, a lot of it is based on real sources. I mean, the fact is, there is a Gemara that says, you know, if you teach your daughter Torah, you're teaching her Tiflis. You know, that's not coming out of nowhere. And the rabbi addresses that in the Sicha. Um, I feel, and, and you know, they're, they're definitely um, good, and for good, there's a good reason why women weren't learning Torah for the last, you know, hundreds of generations. Um, and the fact that in recent times that has changed, I mean, it's really been only 100 years old, the whole concept of formally educating women. I mean, there were always, as the Rebbe points out, um, there have always been learned women throughout all generations, um, but they were exceptions. And the, the idea of making Torah, formal Torah study available to all women is definitely a new concept. So, and there's definitely sources um, in traditional Jewish literature that contradict that, which is why people will have this, this objection. But I think someone who's really studied all the sources, including all of the modern day, um, you know, rabbinic uh, responses, and for sure somebody who's, um, you know, identifies as Chabad and respects what the Rebbe's opinion was, I think we'll agree that this is something that has changed over time and something that, that um, you know, in the generation we live in is an absolute necessity. It seems like there are different standards for men and women in our society, uh, growing up, going through educational system. Is that something you've experienced yourself, something you've wondered about, something you have thoughts about? Um, yes, I definitely have felt that. Um, I think not, I think for sure academically, um, there are definitely different expectations of, of what women are expected to learn. Versus but more, what, more on a, on a spiritual standards kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I feel that as well. Um, they're definitely, and I think a lot of it is linked to learning. Um, but they're definitely, I've definitely have felt and seen that in, you know, in the education system that I was, I went through, um, there were much less expectations of how we should apply even the things that we were learning, let's say in Hasidus, for example, um, we weren't necessarily applying it in the same way. So, for example, you know, if we would learn, you know, if, if you learn Tanya or a mimer in Hasidus, right, a, a large, a huge uh, central theme is the idea of davening, um, you know, dav taking davening very seriously and that being like a big focus of your, of your um, you know, the, your relationship to Hashem in general. Um, and I've definitely found that in my experience, like women are definitely not encouraged in the same way to take davening seriously. In fact, it's considered like a little weird if you're like a woman and you're like spending a long time davening. Like people will kind of, not necessarily outright, but there will be this kind of subtle, um, you know, people kind of think it's a little funny, um, which I assume is not doesn't exist in, in the issue system in the same way. Um, obviously, like pretentious people who are pretentiously trying right. to elongate their davening for no reason, obviously it would be made fun of in general, but I'm saying even a sincere um, pursuit of like take, taking the Avaidah of Chassidah seriously, I found not to be 
as much an expectation in the girls' schools, and as a result, um, you know, girls aren't necessarily taking it as seriously, meaning they might be learning a lot of the same things, but they're not necessarily applying it, and the expectation isn't for them to apply it in the same way. Um, so that's, that's more on the, on the active sense, things that people should be taking responsibility for and doing on their own. But how about more in the reactive sense, more like, you know, the, the sermera? With guys, it's a very strong focus growing up. Make sure you don't, you know, watch this. Make sure you don't listen to that. Make sure you don't read that. Again, from my perspective, and I could be wrong, with girls, there's less of that kind of um, push or, 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 or pressure. Um, Meaning, from my experience, I haven't seen that. Um, no? I have seen that, actually, see, actually see the opposite, that I find that with when it comes to what we shouldn't do, it usually ends, I find that it, it's pretty equal, like, you don't find that it's that we that's not that it's that 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 Bachemar told you can't read you can't read a library book when you're <laughs> when you're when you're twelve years old and a girl you can. Um, so the fact is, in the Chabad system, you're um, most pretty much Chabad uh, girls' schools have secular education, right? Um, while a yeshiva will not um, generally usually um, for the most part. Um, there's obviously exceptions, but most most um, Chabad yeshivas don't offer secular education, and girls do. So I think that already creates. Um, like automatically that creates a distinction. I mean, you're already, ex you know, as as from <laughs> and as much your Shemai were trying to instill in the students, there's definitely going to be like somewhat of a distinction of how, you know, um, exposed you are to the to like secular ideas, etc. Um, but in terms of, I mean, I think in terms of like to very on a very like technical level, I found the expectations to be pretty similar. Um, okay. I think when it comes to, again, when I think when it comes to like applying more like Hasidish values, like the idea of like hiskafia or the idea of like being a more refined person, you know, like the example that, that I always comes to mind is like, you know, going out to restaurants is something which like we would consider kind of like not appropriate for like a boy in yeshiva, but like when you're in seminary, like there's absolutely no problem, nobody thinks twice about it, which is just, I, I think it's not about like, you know, um, like obviously not a matter of halacha, it's more about this, this sense, this expectation we have of like, you know, a boy in yeshiva is meant to be totally devoted and, and wrapped in this spiritual life. And I don't think we have the expectation of girls in the same way. Um, yeah, definitely do you, not. Do you think that that's, that that's mistaken in some way? Because again, there is the concept of women as the Akarasabais, and, and I'm sure people, a, lot of, a lot of people have different definitions of it. But my understanding of it is that women have to be the, uh, the spiritual foundation of a home. That requires, you know, a strong base of of of, of Yiddishkeit, of Yiddishkeit, personally. So the fact that that we're so much more cavalier about risks to that base, and so much, and we do, and we focus less on making sure that people, these that women have the tools as far as learning goes. That seems to be a little mistaken. Yeah. So I think um, I think I, the example I like, like to compare this to is like you know, the spreading of Kabbalah and Hasidus in general. Um, so there was a time when, you know, Hasidus was not taught at all, right, before the times of the Baal Shem Tov. And, um, you know, we, we, we believe that the, the Jews, we don't believe the Jews, the Jews at that time were, you know, totally, uh, <laughs> like, not, didn't have a relationship to Hashem. Obviously they did. Um, but we say that, you know, people in that time didn't need Hasidus in order to have a sincere relationship with Hashem, they were able to have this, so they had this sort of innate amuna and kabbalasol and love of Hashem and fear of Hashem, um, and they didn't necessarily need um, to learn the secrets of Torah in order to inspire them in that way. Um, and as, you know, generations developed, as times got darker, so to say, um, they started needing that more. Um, 
so, and, and I think the same thing is true when it comes to um, learning in general um, for women. And yeah, in general, like women having a more, so to say, sophisticated um, relationship to their Yiddishkeit. Um, you know, I do believe there was a time when women didn't need that. And there was a reason why, you know, Taras, you know, didn't, didn't have the same expectation of women as it does as men. I mean, even halakhically, right, there are differences. Um, but I do think as we're moving into a different generation, um, you know, there, yeah, I think women do need a, a more um, sophisticated um, relationship to Yiddishkeit. And to, to be a, a, a spiritual foundation of her home, she needs a lot more than what the woman 200 years ago needed. And I think right. that's exactly what all <laughs> across the board in Jewish um, Jewish communities, every, like in Europe, when Sarashner started Beisako, everybody realized that. They were like, this is obvious that, you know, this innate amuna, you know, that we said women had when, just by staying home and, uh, you know, they, this, this education they got from their mothers stopped being enough. I mean, part of it's that the Part of it was that the world was changing um, and, you know, there was secular education became available to women and women became a lot more exposed to the outside world. Um, so it's you can no longer like have this this uh, picture of this woman who's just staying at home and has this very pure, sincere, unadulterated, um, you know, relationship, this unadulterated faith. Right. This doesn't this didn't exist anymore. And everybody realized, like, it's time to offer uh, if we want to keep them from, <laughs> we want to keep them in our community. There's no other choice but to offer them more. And I think as time develops, like that becomes more and more important. We have so, to. So do you move believe? Do you believe that it's time for our system to be refurbished a little bit in that respect? Definitely. Okay. I mean, we're living in an age when I mean, any woman today can get a PhD in in physics and in, in math and. Um, psychology. I mean, any secular uh, subject she so might want to pursue. Women, women are, are doing sophisticated learning in secular subjects. Yes, I mean, yeah, sophisticated. Yeah, they're they're very. There's the, there's we there's the world has offered them this sophistication, and within the world of Torah, we just haven't matched that at all. Uh, we've haven't given them any opportunity. A woman who's you know intelligent, intellectually curious, um, uh, you know, interested in you know being involved in developing her talents and her skills, et cetera. We just haven't really offered her anything within the world of Torah itself. Um, and that's a huge mistake. When it comes to Gemara specifically, um, you know, in that, in that Sikha and Parshas Emor, you know, some people have, have, have told me, well, if you look at the Sikha, you don't see the word Gemara in there. He just says, you know, you should study Torah Shabal Peh, um, and they should, they should study the, all of the, you know, all areas of Halakha, even if it's not relevant to them, and they should for sure understand the, the shock levitaria and the reasoning behind the halachas because that will enrich their their appreciation for for Torah in general. Um, but when it comes to Gemara specifically, there's definitely sources that talk about that. Um, there's the famous Yichidus with the Belzareba where um, the Rebbe actually encourages the Belzareba to teach Gemara to the students of his, the girls in his school, um, which is interesting. So we definitely see uh, sources where Gemara specifically is encouraged. All this applies to um, to Jewish women from women generally. How does this, how does your mission, how does this approach apply to Chabad Hasidus specifically? Well, I think one of the, one of the, um, one of the big ideas actually at the end of that Sicha and Parshas Emor, that I think is probably the most empowering, I felt to be the most empowering personally, um, was the fact that, um, which is actually similar to the way the Rebbe talks about the spread of Hasidus in general, which is that, you know, initially we saw the spread of Hasidus as being a response to, um, kind of the, 
the darkness that existed at the time, both materially and spiritually. The Jewish people were very downtrodden and in very uh, difficult times, and it was kind of a way of lifting them up spiritually. Um, but as we got closer to, you know, the era that we're in now, um, you know, the Rebbe spoke about the fact that Hasidus is not just, a, you know, a bidyeved, you know, because not, we need it. It's not just reactive, it's proactive. Exactly. It's not just reactive to the times, that, the, the darkness of the time, but it's actually uh, a proactive um, preparation for the time of Mashiach, right? A time when everybody in the world will be, fill, you know, the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem and people will just, you know, be uh, involved with, uh, you know, learning about Hashem and understanding Hashem. And as preparation for that, we need to spread those ideas already beforehand. Um, and Erwin makes the same exact point here, which is that, you know, initially when Sarah Schneer started this movement of, of women's education, um, you know, it was very much a reaction to the time. It was like, you know, this is not an ideal, but we see that our girls are all leaving the fold. They're not staying religious anymore. So we need to respond to that and give them an education, even if that's not what Torah, you know, like we need to respond, even though it's, you know, it might be a desecration of what we, we, we held sacred, but we need to respond to the time and do this. Um, but, you know, as we got closer to, you know, the era where now, we realized that, no, actually, you know, Mashiach is going to be a time when everybody, men and women alike, will be, you know, uh, studying all areas of Torah in its full depth. And we'll, we'll be exposed to every, all the secrets of Torah in their full depth. And in preparation for that, um, the reason why um, girls' education started in the last hundred years is not just because we live in darker times, but because we're actually living in brighter times. And we're actually preparing for a brighter era when, you know, and that's also why, you know, knowledge in general has spread throughout the world, right? The people are more exposed to education and to knowledge because we're preparing for this era of Mashiach. And the same thing is true with Torah that, you know, women, um, and again, this is kind of the Rebbe's approach, but this is not just Chabad women, of course. This is all, all Jewish women need to be exposed to all areas of Torah in order to prepare for that, for that era. Okay. Thank you so much for coming by. This was, this was great. Mrs. Hadassah Shemtov of the Bacheva Learning Center. Oh, you have a website? Uh, sure, but bachevalearningcenter.com. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Check it out and uh, see more and see, and see how to get involved if you'd like to get involved. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. That was Mrs. Adasa Shemtov of the Bacheva Learning Center. We want to thank her again for coming by and doing the interview with us. As I said at the top, there's a new way for you, the listener, to get involved. Send us your voice notes. If you have a reaction to something you hear in one of our interviews, please send us via email a recording of you giving that reaction. There are a lot of really good, easy, free recording apps on, uh, on iPhones or, or Android or just desktop. Uh, and just take a 30-second minute long recording of yourself reacting to something you've heard um, and send it in via email, including the subject line, uh, you know, what topic you're addressing um, and who you are and if you want us to say your name um, on the show. And we are going to include a couple of those reactions in the following week in the following week's podcasts. Um, so we're excited about that. I think it'd be, I think it's going to be a great way to get uh, listeners more involved um, and keep the conversation going. Because again, you know that's the point of all this. A note on scheduling: we plan on uh, going steady as a weekly podcast with an episode dropping every Sunday from now on. Hashem, though we do expect to take a break for Tishrei. Additionally, we are still looking for writers for our soon-to-be-launched uh, Chabad Pulse Conversation Forum. So if you or someone you know is interested in writing for the site or something they're passionate about, or a community, an issue, a topic, you know, everyone has a thing they care about. And if, uh, if you care to put it on paper, if, you, if, you, uh, if you'd like to see your thoughts in print, if you'd like, well, digital print, if you'd like to get a healthy conversation going about something you care about, 
please reach out to us at kabbalapostle.gmail.com and we will help make that happen. And as always, if you have questions or comments or would like to suggest a podcast guest, again, the email address is rabatpulse at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's keep this conversation going. 